Well, good afternoon one more time. We're here talking about the PNTT preseason tournament, League 31. And today's subject is the Leslie Group. We're doing a preview, and this will cover the Rockford Files. This will cover Waterloo. They are the Woodchucks, uh, the Albuquerque Atomics, and the Aberdeen Tribe. I am Coach JKB, and I'm joined by Future Star. How are you doing, Future? All right. How about you? I am doing great. I can't wait to start talking about your team, so I'm going to lead okay. off with the Rockford Files. Okay. Uh, you got a you got a pretty hot streak going on with NTT appearances. You got you've hit a few Final Fours in a row too. It looks like you're on a three season Final Four streak. Yeah, last season was a little bit unexpected. You know, we lost that that really unbelievable kind of a once in a lifetime one one class with three guys that just carried us for four seasons. So losing them, I thought we would definitely take kind of a, a you know a downturn but we kind of caught a few breaks in the NTT got some good matchups and and we have we had a pretty overall talented team just maybe not quite the star talent that we had before and everybody just kind of came together at the right time and so I was real happy with that caught a few breaks is one of those breaks named Edgardo Bates <laughs> yeah he is a guy that just <laughs> uh, uh, yeah he just kind of you never know what you're going to get with freshmen you know I mean sometimes they come in and they just look like they're just not quite ready for prime time but he was just ready to go right out of the box and he just I mean without him we would have we would have been in big trouble and and for a guy to come in and score nearly 30 a game is just yeah it's something we really needed <laughs> So let me go over the profile for Rockford. Uh, you guys lost the 24-43 senior class, and you brought in a, a, a maybe disappointing 145-127 freshman class. But sandwiched in the between there, you have three straight classes with top 15 rankings. Uh, the Sim Hoops of 11 for each season for the current senior, junior, and sophomore class. So uh, depth and top-end talent seem to be strengths for you right now. And when I look exactly at the squad, well, we can talk about Edgardo Bates and his 29 points per game. He's a 6'5", going to be a sophomore this year, plays at the shooting card position. And he got his 29 points per game on 62% true shooting. And this all happened against a top 20 strength of schedule. So there's, there's no cupcakes in your way here. This guy is putting up real numbers against real competition. That's nice to see. Uh, but tell me what happens now that you've lost, again, a couple of real keynote seniors, uh, your front court in Joseph Leslie and Akili Thorpe. What does the next round of Rockford look like? Yeah, it's yeah. Obviously, we we didn't we didn't bring in what we wanted in recruiting. We we chased basically all height, um, which it's a bad position to be in in this league to 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 chase height because you know everybody's going after the same thing. And I feel like last year's crop wasn't that deep in terms of. Uh, in terms of quality big men. And so everybody kind of ended up on the same guys. We had a bunch of small ties, one, three, three tie where I felt we were favored, but in the three, three tie, you can't really count on anything. And, and just kind of nothing really came through. Um, we were able to win one tie for, for Keegan Ward, who's six eleven, And he, he, he looks kind of, he looks like the greatest player in the history of the league compared to the other two. So, I mean, if we didn't get a guy like that, we'd have been in real trouble. We'd be running like, a, you know, some six, five backup power forwards and backup centers. Um, so we get him, uh, thankfully, and he's not the greatest player in the world. He's, he's a plus two minus one, but he's six eleven, okay. And that's the most important thing. And he can score. Um, so, so we'll gladly take him and, and insert him into one of those spots in the in the starting lineup. The other two guys, they're, they're not even worth mentioning. Top line scorer, right? You didn't need a top line. 
just need somebody who can contribute. Yeah, I need somebody tall, you know, um, because we return, you know, a couple six nine guys. Um, we're going to have to go undersized somewhere. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out whether we want to go undersized at starting power forward or backup power forward. But, um, yeah, we needed we needed somebody with some size to, to, to put in. Um, and the other two guys are just walk-ons. I mean, one guy – can shoot a little and the other guy's terrible. So um, <laughs> easily the, the, the worst the recruiting class that we've had, but it, it wasn't completely unexpected. We needed some luck in ties. I thought we would get it. You know, I thought we would win. If we could have won one more tie for a big man, I would have gladly taken one walk on two walk ons is not ideal, but you know, that's what it is. So, so we just have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like you were gifted with an easy PNTT schedule. Either, no, right? not when really. You come into a bracket at the top seed. What, top seeds always end up with those really difficult out of bracket games and and uh you were not handed a cakewalk by any stretch. no i mean out of out of bracket we play flagstaff who's the defending champion we play boise who's uh who's top 30 preseason and salt lake city somehow is ranked 61st but they were a one seed in the ntt last year i think they i don't know if they won this tournament last year but i think they did well in this tournament last year and i think they were number one in the league at some point late in the season so um that is definitely not a number 61 ranked team (laughs) right right they'll bring ntt caliber competition to you for sure so so rockford has talent you have depth but you also have a big challenge ahead of you so it's it's up to these guys like edgardo bates and then how does Keegan Ward adjust? That, that'll tell the story of who you become this season. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, we've got enough scoring, especially with Ward in there. I mean, he's a guy that I don't think is going to score 17 points a game, but he's going to provide some offense and, uh, you know, maybe replace kind of what Joseph Leslie brought, who was kind of an 11-point scorer. Um, so if we, if we can get that and kind of limit the minutes on, on some of our big men on the bench, because we're going to be a little undersized, I, I think, think we're – we're probably not going to fall too far off from last year, but going forward, it's going to be an issue. So we'll try to make the most of what we can this year. So the second team in this bracket is the Waterloo Woodshucks. Uh, we had the, the, the benefit a couple of seasons ago when we started this tournament of watching Waterloo come from sort of zero to hero. They were an RTT one season, and then they just landed a bonkers class. That's going to be their seniors this year. So we're looking at uh, Lucas Cruz, and we're looking at uh, – who's the other gentleman here? Oh, that's Jared Ingram is their starting small forward. So they have they have two of the top sort of all-round players in the league. They've added – that's a 3-8 ranked senior class, and they added a 9-slash-29 ranked freshman class. So they're already reloading. Um, they've been peaking. They won a championship two seasons ago. So that's another NTT champion on your uh, on your schedule. And Waterloo just looks really good. Uh, they they might have been down last year with a fourteen and ten record, but a lot of that had to do with the competition they faced in the wrong conference. They had the number one schedule all last year, and still got into the NTT and made it into the Elite Eight. Um, outside of Lucas Cruz and Jared Ingram, who everyone can talk about for days, what do you see here in Waterloo that scares um, you? A lot. I mean, this is this looks like a really good team. <laughs> I mean, they lost Brian Hess, who was their leading scorer, but they returned. William Daniels is a junior. He's, you know, almost a 20-point-per-game scorer at point guard. Like you said, Jared Ingram, Lucas Cruz, guys of size that can score. And they bring in three guys that are going to help, you know, kind of replace what they lost. You got George Alexander uh, they brought in. He's a shooting guard who scored 19 points a game. 
Um, he might be able to step right in uh, where when Hess graduated to step into that shooting guard spot. And then you have the other two, Otto Kennedy and Andrew Miller, who both look like just solid, solid players, just kind of jacks of all trades, a lot of versatility there. Um, you're talking about a team that's been top 20 three seasons in a row, Elite Eight the last two seasons, right. NTT Championship, great offensive starting lineup. They're good everywhere. I mean, this is a really good team. <laughs> and and the depth. I just see the depth. And the de- when, when I talk about the depth, too, I, I've always personally focused on things like assists and turnovers, see how people handle the ball when they have it. Everybody on that team just handles the ball, right? Their backup point guard, if he had been a starter, would have been averaging nine assists yeah. per game. Um, that just everybody contributes. The reason they shoot well is because they play so well. Yeah, and then if they had one one kind of negative, I would say that it was probably bench scoring. Um, but now you bring yeah. in guys who aren't going to start. I, I mean, I, one of those freshmen is going to start, I assume. And then the other two are going to the bench, yeah. and you're going to have guys that could, you know, on a per 30 basis, probably put up 15 to 20 points per game. I mean, that's, that's really going to help, I think, push them to the next level. I'm I'm curious, you know, you bring up a good point there indirectly. Um, who's going to come in out of this freshman class? Because uh, Jared Ingram has always been a small forward, and he seems to have that scoring and rebounding and passing and defending thing that you kind of want to keep in the middle. Um, do they bump him down to bring in one of the bigger freshmen, or do they keep him where he is and, and bring in that smaller freshman yeah. guard? I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was right. I was going to say, yeah, I think Ingram has been so successful at small forward. I, I'd, I'd be – you know, I, I would be hesitant to move him. I, I think at least at first, I think they might try George Alexander. Just he's the same size as Brian Hess. He he looks like he's a very similar player. Um, I, I think they, he gets the first crack. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you have something successful this long, you just want to run back that same lineup and uh, and just add new pieces. I I agree with you, but we'll have to see what they do. Either way, really dominant looking team in Waterloo. So. Uh, let's move down the line. Albuquerque Atomics coached by M.C. Meyer or Mick Meyer. I don't know if he's Scottish <laughs> or not. Um, they, they graduated a class that was ranked 41-65, a decent senior class, brought in a 142-55. So you're kind of thinking that the freshman class is going to be star heavy, and it does look like Martin Brazil at six foot eight is the talent in that class. They graduated two starters, and it looks like they only brought in one. Do they have enough depth to pull it off? Um, I don't know. I mean, they lost their second-leading scorer from last year, Morgan Moore. They do bring back, you know, one of the best power forwards in the game, Giancarlo Henneman. Guy scores 20 points a game. He averages a double-double, 22 points a game, 10 rebounds. Um, you know, like I said, their, their freshman class, it looks like they just brought in basically one guy, um, Mart- Martin Martin Brazil. Um, he's going to have to – He's going to have to contribute because I don't think they're going to get much help from the other two guys. Um, so I don't know. They, 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 they're going to depend on Henneman to carry the offensive load, and they're just going to need some help from somebody else from maybe an unexpected source. I'm looking at the point guard, John Eskridge. He was a guy who scored around 16 points a game in high school. He's been hovering around 10 so far in college. Um, he, he's going to need to take a bigger role, I think, in order to help this team's offense. Yeah, I think the most impactful returning bench guy is their bench point guard, who was a, a decent passer, a little bit of a turnover issue. But that might be the, like the most talent that they can add to the starting lineup. You get a couple point guards in there to help support. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I noted last year on, on this uh, podcast, because I actually covered Albuquerque last year, um, that Mason Sharif, he was a freshman last season, that he might be a guy that could help with their offensive depth. Um, but <clears throat> that just didn't happen. He had a tough shooting year. I don't know if he didn't adjust to coming off the bench or didn't adjust to the college game, but <clears throat> maybe he's a guy that, that maybe with a little bigger role, <clears throat> I don't know if they give him a chance in the starting lineup or if he comes in off the bench again, but he's going to need to step up his game because they definitely need some offensive help to help uh, Henneman because other than, than him and possibly Eskridge, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be struggling on offense and they, they need some guys to step up. You know, I like the suggestion of Sharif. He looks like the best player on that 55 slash 58 class. Um, you're right. Somebody has to do something, so maybe it's going to be him. Uh, let's slide along. Aberdeen Tribe is the last team in this group. That's Coach Naftali. Uh, he brought in – well, so they've been a sort of a, a, an NTT team that just slipped down and has been doing well in the PTT. Uh, kind of a tough schedule. Their, their, their Conference 21 is no walkover. They graduated a 19-slash-10 senior class, so they lost some talent. Brought in 65-75 for the freshman class. Uh, what do you see of what's left here in Aberdeen? Um, so they lose Andrew Johnston, who is their second-leading scorer. <clears throat> um, they bring back uh, a really quality freshman, Samuel Killo, um, who's kind of a pint-sized uh, keg of dynamite, 5'11", scored 27 points a game. Um it, that's an amazing feat because most in this league, most point guards, most guys play somewhat taller point guards. So for him to score 27 a game at that size, then this guy must be a really special scorer. Um, so the, that, that's always a good thing to bring back. And, and when you look at their freshman class, they do bring in a seven-footer, Grayson Smith, who we actually tried to recruit and felt we were favored on. <laughs> But they beat us out for him. Not a surprise to lose to a good team like Aberdeen. Um, but that, you know, that's that's. I think that's going to tip the scales in their favor because they were going real undersized at power forward last year. Um, right. With Joseph Souders at six ten, now you bring in a seven footer, a legit rim protector, guy who blocks shots. I know he's not scouted as a great rebounder. I know from recruiting him that he's he's a non rebounder, but. A seven-foot nun rebounder is better than a six-nine good rebounder any day of the week. So this guy is really going to help them. Yeah, no, he does look amazing, and you're right. Having twin towers up front is it makes a big difference, both on defense and in the rebounding game. Now you talked about Kilo. They're you know sort of a high-flying freshman point guard. He'll be a sophomore this year. Does a ton of their scoring. It looks like the kind of guy who's going to go over thirty at some point in his career. But the second score, they might have to be relying on a freshman, right? Because they had very little depth for scoring last season uh, on nearly nothing off the bench. Then uh, they brought in a 20-point-per-game guy in high school in Riley Miller, and maybe Miller's coming in and he'll be that second guy. But it, it feels difficult when you're trying to win games in a highly competitive environment to just throw a freshman to the wolves, especially when he's part of a, a, a mid-ranked – I guess 65 isn't in the middle – but it still doesn't feel like it's the, the class that would put NTT teams to fear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, like you said, they, they didn't really have much in the way of offensive depth last season and they lose Johnston who, you know, you have between him and Killo, that's 45 points out of 77. Um, so you're losing 18 out of 77. Now um, you bring in Riley Miller. You know, like you said, it's hard to tell. You hope that he's a guy that's ready to go right away, but you just, you don't know. You don't know if you can trust that. You look at their bench and, 
uh, Brian Young is the guy that they backed up at point guard last year. He was a 20-point-a-game scorer in high school, but they haven't been comfortable playing him in the starting lineup before, um, so I don't see that changing now. And I don't think you want to go with two guys under six feet in the starting lineup. So um, they're just going to have to try and go with a two-man game again and hope that Miller's up to the task. Yeah, I agree. So so they'll have to figure something out to get competitive in this group, yeah. and, and maybe they can put a scare in Albuquerque. Yeah, one thing so. I did want to point out, actually, is that Joseph Souter, is, he's a guy who's a blue-chip recruit in high school. He is actually a pretty good scorer, and, and for whatever reason, he's just not that type of player in college. He always shoots at a reasonably you know, efficient rate, but he's just not very assertive. Um, so I think that might be the key more than anything, is to try and get this guy to, to, to kind of assert himself uh, more you know, on the offensive end. Because if they can get him even just up to maybe, say, 13 to 15 points a game, that would really help this team a lot. Yeah, you're right. His, his shots have were kind of faded off over the years, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was up there almost 18 points a game in high school. He's getting eight, nine, eight, seven shots a game now in college. So you're right. Uh, he seems like he has talent, but, but boy, he better start using it. Yeah, and they do have a kind of a tough group. I mean, you know, you, they, they play Lansing. Like you had mentioned before, Lansing is always a top team. Duluth is an up-and-coming team. So, um, yeah, they've got a pretty tough schedule. So they might have a tough road ahead of them. But this is a team that, that I think is going to be slightly improved from last season. Now, if we're talking about the bracket as a whole, Rockford and Waterloo are definitely the, the heavy guns here. And, and I think it's pretty obvious that one of these two teams is going to win. Whether or not the, the championship comes down to their, you know, your immediate um, head-to-head face-off, I don't know if that'll be the case because those uh, – boy, you have a tough non-conference – I mean, non-bracket schedule. Yeah. yeah. But when Waterloo plays Rockford, how does that look to you? Uh, you know, in this group, it might be my, my always kind of maybe too pessimistic view of my own team. That's how I tend to be. Uh, but I, I have to pick Waterloo in this group. Um, you know, they actually beat us last year when I think we had a better team, and I, and I think they beat us pretty easily. So, I mean, if they, they were able to do that – you know, I think that they, they have the upper hand here. Um, I think they're just too talented. I think they win the group. Um, and we're going to do our best to get that second spot. I'm, I'm thinking if we can get to four and two, we might have a shot. Um, five and one is, I guess, is an outside possibility. But we have some, like I said, we have some tough games out of, out of group. So I'm um, working to shoot for four and two and hopefully get to five and one and hope that's enough. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much on board with you. I, I'm thinking Waterloo is going to be somewhere between five and one and six and out. I think you I think you'll have a strong four and two showing, but uh, boy, yeah, Rockford hung. I mean, I'm sorry, Waterloo hung a hundred on you each time you played in the last couple of seasons, and one of them was that uh, you were almost in the way of their NTT championship in that final four right. game. Um, so it's been high scoring, high fuel games, and and they seem to have been able to put the baskets in. Um, yeah, yeah. So Waterloo comes out. I think you're good for a bracket spot at the end of the day. I think I think you guys can run up the score in the games where you're not being tested. Mm-hmm. But uh, but boy, you, you never know. It, that's one of those things where other teams might do well or might not do well. It's not really in your hands. Yeah, right? and, it's, and it's hard to say. We we tend to be a team that kind of comes on late at the end of the season. We've never really done that well in this tournament, even when we've had good teams. We made it to the finals once when we had just like, you know, a bunch of stars on our team. But last year we were terrible in this tournament. And this year, yeah. at least based on early returns on the scrimmages, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be ready to go right away. But, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll try. And like I said, if, if we can get to four and two, maybe we have a shot. 
Now, for the top players in the bracket, every team pretty much has a pretty clear number one right. player. So I don't think we need to dig too deep to talk about them. But go ahead and list off who you see being the Yeah, stars I mean, here. yeah. For, you know, we've got Edgardo Bates. Uh, Albuquerque has got uh, Albuquerque's got Henneman. Aberdeen's got Killo. Yeah. I mean, I think for for uh, for Waterloo, I think Jared Ingram, I think, is the key. I, he actually had a little bit of a down year, you know, by his standards. Um uh, if he can return to his previous form, I, I think that Waterloo's going to be able to take that next step. And and actually for Aberdeen, even though he's not their star player, Joseph Souders, by all rights, he probably should be their star player. Um, he's a guy who really right. has not performed to, to, to what it looks like his talent is. I mean, it, the coach Naff is going to have to give him a swift kick in the butt to, to get him going because right. it, I mean, this is a guy that that's, that's really underachieved so far. I mean, if he could just tap into a little bit of that potential, I mean, it would go a long way for them. <laughs> I'd agree with that, man. It, it, getting players to play. I talked about this with my team in the last bracket segment we did getting players to sort of show you what made them so impressive in high school you don't always get them to, to perform at that level. And if, if Souter, Souters can take a step, Aberdeen could suddenly go three and three or maybe even four and two. Yeah. So, well, All right. I think we've done a fantastic job. What do you I think? I think we've done an adequate job. So we'll, we'll, I'll accept that. And I think that's a compliment for us. There are a couple of amateurs here that without the help of, of the trusted veterans like Kyle and Jimmy, I think, I think we made it through. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you to everyone for listening. We are looking forward to this PNTT and I hope you enjoyed the bracket previews.